0: There's no reason to believe. Maybe this one will be better than the last. No. I can't remember the last thing that you said on the pod because these podcast episodes go by so fast. And it's one more day of talking movies. It's one more night on Spotify. And if you think we should have an underrated movies and music podcast, I think we should. Welcome to it's on the list. I'm so happy you did that, brother. That was so good. That was so good. Thank you very much. That one goes out to our special guest who I will get to in just one second. But before we do that, this is on the list. This is a podcast about movies music, media that we like, movies and music that we think is underrated, and uh, I'm Noah Marger as always, and Mason's here too! Yeah, I'm still sitting here, still at my desk, sitting in my chair. I have, uh... You haven't moved since the last episode, that's crazy.
1: (laughs) It doesn't feel like it, man. I mean, like, I log on to my job, and I'm sitting at this desk, and then I get up to eat lunch or go for a walk, uh... And then I come right back here to do this podcast, and I gotta say, though, I have really made my own little nest, and I really love being here. Not just here, as in at my chair, but here, as with my buddy Noah on the pod. I've not been able to do my walks recently, because the last three days, it has been rainy, and while it looks lush and verdant, uh, it's something that I think you... And our special guests would appreciate, because you guys are both PNW boys, as far as I know. Not
0: only are we both PNW boys, we're from the same state. Ooh, oh, even better! Uh, that's even better somehow! <laughs> yes! Um. Well, speaking of our special guest, you know him as a musician. And you do know him. You know him as... Shut up. You would know him <laughs> as a musician. You know him Shut the fuck up when I'm talking about the guest, Shut the fuck up dude I don't come on your podcast And talk over when you introduce the guest. Fuck Gotta be a good one guys He's a musician He's a writer for Merry Go Round Magazine And he is a playwright and writer of all kinds whose play that he wrote, Sunbathe in Darkness, premiered last year at the Hollywood Fringe Festival. No way. Very cool. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him. I know him. Mason kind of knows him. Mm -hmm. But we have him here. Mr. Adam Cash is on the pod with us. Welcome. Adam. Welcome, welcome,
2: buddy. What's up? What's up? What's up? up? Thank you so
0: much for being here, man. How are you? Good to be here,
2: y'all. Oh my gosh! Uh, you know, um, what is it say <laughs> at this point that hasn't already been said by thousands of people? <laughs> I mean, you already yeah. it here first. <laughs> we're all here. This is we yeah, are. And thousands of
1: people at. are affected by this right now. Yeah, by oh, this yeah. podcast. By this podcast. <laughs> this yes, people are affected yes.
0: by this podcast. We win. This wish. is a disease. Um, <laughs> how is? Are you? You're currently in sisters still, right?
2: I'm currently holed up in Sisters Oregon in Smack dab in the middle of the state. Um it's, it's as far as places to be holed up, it's a pretty good sure. one. it's uh, very very nice, very beautiful. The weather's been okay and you know um, nice things to look at um, but uh, you know there's always you know monsters lurking outside now yep. so
0: you can't go out there unless yeah. you unless you're you know. <laughs>
2: Don't like that. Unless you wear a mask. <laughs> uh,
0: what do you guys? Are you guys actually have masks that you wear? Because I've been using. My dad ordered like twenty five bandanas, and we've just been putting bandanas across our face. My like sister a fucking bunch of bandanas. uh
1: festooned a uh, mask situation for me uh, with the bandana nice. she had lying around, and then I got a very nice uh, save the USPS, folks. Um, just this is my thing. Save the USPS, text your Congress people, figure out what to do, yeah, send letters. Up. I got a letter in the mail, a little care package from my good friend uh, Isabella in Los Angeles. She loves oh. to send me postcards and letters, and I love to get postcards and letters from wow. her. But this last letter that I got from her also came with a little package that had a mask in it, like a real deal oh, wow. mask. And it was oh. so nice. I've only used it, I think, twice, and one time I put it on when I was driving because I wanted to go through McDonald's drive-through and get get a cheeseburger. Yeah. So that's the only time I've really yeah. used it. Uh but how have you guys been? Have you guys been adapting to mask life?
2: Yeah, dude, mask life is great, Adam.
0: Are you? What's your mask situation? My
2: mask situation, I got I got one from my grandma. Wow, she made sweet. it. She made it and she also used the postal service to send it to me. So, you know, save the postal service. But yeah, she uh she did a nice jo- she does a great job, you know. She's been making quilts and shit for wow. years and uh, she's, yeah, that's kind of what she does now. I think. Was she doing that before
0: <laughs> she became a grandma or was that like now that she's a grandma, it's like, well, I got to fucking do this. Oh,
2: well, you know, I don't think I was around before she was a grandma, <laughs> so I can't really like yeah, you're sure. say, I mean, my existence kind of defines exactly. What, like, that's what I was going to say. Are you, the first, then, are
1: you the, the first grandchild uh, then? I was the first
2: in that instance. Yeah. Um, I have, yeah. Two younger siblings and then I'm old. Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And when you and when you young, when your younger siblings came along, your grandma was like, fuck, fuck, dude, I still gotta be a grandma now? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking sucks. You, do get, a, a you do get, you do get to time. opt out of
1: being a grandma if you only have one grandchild. I believe that's how that works. I think that's the, the founding fathers put that in the constitution. I remember from my constitution yeah. test. Yeah.
0: Well, not if Joe Absolutely. Biden has anything to say <laughs> oh about my it. God. Am I right, folks?
1: <laughs> wow. Let's not get topical on this podcast <laughs> right now. I mean, we already did. We did the Politics Corner with Save the Post Office. That's a little enough. Uh... Yeah, I'm
0: <laughs> fucking fed up about Politics Corner on this pod. <laughs> fucking hate talking about politics, especially when it comes to Uh-oh. a very easy and wholesome thing to be able to do. Um, but we have... We have a. s we've been in this situation before on the pod where the guest brought one of the items, the other item was left up to chance, yes. and by this by chance I mean a giant list that Mason of I Mason and I have compiled that is everything that we personally want to cover on the show. Mm-hmm. And Adam was nice enough to pick from my list this time, unlike Chef Carter, who is a rascal <laughs> and has created the world's biggest podcast meme of me hating Armando Iannucci. Wow. <laughs> but
1: Yeah, has Ackerman gotten in on that yet? Is that how big has this meme exploded to now that Scott Ackerman is commenting on?
0: No, because then because <laughs> then it won't be funny when Ackerman gets around <laughs> to it.
2: Yeah, yeah. By like, that point, you might as well jump ship.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. At this point, <laughs> we might as well. We, we got to find the thing that he hasn't figured. We got to do a TV show, the on the list TV show, and we'll just oh, we'll just have Scott come on every episode and be like. I'm wearing a, a yellow fucking cardigan. Who knows? Uh, so, what
2: does that TV show look like? Is that just like you guys like sitting there, and then like it's like on the needle drop where the poster shows up, and you just say, "This is good," next. <laughs> "This is bad." It next. is going to be exactly like be Siskel
1: and Eber, but with even less discussion,
2: if that makes sense. and Yeah, much shorter. Much shorter. I actually
0: was thinking Steal like a right Mad Men that. scripted style show where <laughs> Mason and I are in a oh, big okay. tower, and we're like, okay, fuck, we go, what's the next thing? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> and we like crafted in like a Lovecraftian tower. And it's like, oh, okay. um, This one, we live gl- dang gl- what is it, Gliss Riffer? Dan Deacon, yeah, we got that one. Boom, let's just throw it out there. Uh, but, uh, but Adam was nice what enough to we pick something to off my list Mac? this yes. time. Yes, yes. And uh, he picked <laughs> something that I'm so glad that he did oh. because I really wanted to talk about this on the show. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, 1995's cult classic, Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy. What was, uh, what was going through your head on that one, Adam, when you saw that on the list? What, what was the reason behind picking that one? Because there's stuff on there that's actually like, Like art, and then there's
1: Yeah, there's my list, and then there's Noah's list, and this is definitely a Noah's
0: choice.
2: Yeah, I I think it had moments where it was like close to being art, uh but I don't know. I just I I thought it'd be funny. I don't know.
0: (laughs) It's like when the kid gets called out in class and he goes to the principal's office, and it's like, why'd you why'd you throw a dart at the teacher's eyes? Like I don't know. Thought it'd be kind of funny. It felt like it. (laughs) Because I I don't know because. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, well, I'm glad that you picked this one. Up. <laughs> I'm glad you picked this one because, like, this for me personally was one of those movies that I had seen, I couldn't even tell you, upwards of 20 times, but, like, the TV wow. version. Um, oh, okay. Got I've it. only seen the, like, legit uncut version maybe two times prior to this. This was one that we always had on the DVR, pop it on. This and, like, Mrs. Doubtfire, I think, are the movies I've seen the most, like, from TV. Um, Mason, what about you? What's this your relationship was with old Tommy exactly
1: boy? the same as you, except this was the very first time that I can remember sitting down with the intention to watch Tommy boy from stem to stern, <laughs> uh, from beginning to end. This is the first time I've sat and given this movie an hour and 37 minutes of my time. It would be more if it was on TV. hour 38. Yeah. It would be more if it was yeah, on TV with commercials, but like you, this is always a movie that was like on, uh, like TBS or, um, Comedy Central, just flipping through and you would turn on and f- you would come to, you know, the the deer scene. You come to the diner scene. Yep. Uh, or if, if in my case, the scene that I would always turn on was in the very beginning at the wedding. Uh, that's the scene that oh, yeah. that looms large in my mind. Um, but this is the very first time that I was like, I got to I got to see
2: what's up with Tommy boy.
1: Adam, what's your what's your history with with good old Thomas? thomas boy here
2: kind of the i definitely haven't seen it a whole lot i mean uh i i vaguely had the same recollection of like turning on the television and seeing like david spade calling chris farley fat over and over again but like yeah, that is most of the it. movie so
1: you did have seen the movie <laughs> yeah. at that point
2: <laughs> yeah you know it's like i you could really like pluck like five minutes out of it and kind of just get it. I think
1: (laughs) (laughs) very fair assessment. That's a pretty fair assessment,
2: which, which probably makes it good for like that syndication hell kind of existence that I lived in. Right. Like, you know, it's like the same joke for 90 minutes. Like might as well just watch this. Like it is so interesting
1: that it's like those, the movies that kind of endure from that period, like sort of in the culture imagination from like the mid nineties, are the ones that have the very like the are very high concept in that way like you know it's Chris Farley uh has to save his dad's tire his dad's uh auto parts company or in the case of Mrs Doubtfire which is also a movie I've never seen all the way through it's Robin Williams is a fussy british maid or it's you know
0: uh Harrison Ford needs to find the one armed man that killed his wife um you can all boil all these movies down to by saying blank actor is epic for ninety minutes. <laughs> Straight and up, that's yeah just the whole of the movie. <laughs> and yep. I don't know about you guys, but like this time watching it, I think this is the first time I've seen the movie in at least five years. Like I doubt I watched this turned on this movie on purpose. In Longer college, than that for me uh, because I was. I was studying cinema at the time, and although this is, oh, they do a whole class at Chapman about and Dodge this didn't College. come up
2: when you were talking about cinema. So no,
0: this didn't. No, okay. it was it's one of huh. those that like uh, they always gloss over for some <laughs> reason. But they
2: couldn't slot this in between
1: bicycle thieves and the four hundred blows. Yeah,
2: I think really that says more about the you know education elite than anything else. Really. Definitely. Like, well, I, I mean, what are they trying I to hide from us? I think
0: it's legitimately a shame because. Chris Farley is actually doing a little bit of acting in this, which is something that yeah. if you if you had only mm. like everyone watching this movie in 1995. First of all, it is worth mentioning this is the 25th anniversary of the film. The film came out Ugh. March 31st, 1995, so no we are shit, hitting really? it pretty Yeah, we pretty are hitting close. It pretty close on to the 25th anniversary of the release date of this film. The film probably That's would have phenomenal. still been out, you know, around this time 25 years ago in 1995, but Oh uh, yeah. You know, if you had seen Chris Farley up until this point, you had seen him probably primarily on SNL where he's literally all he's doing is everything that he does. Like within the first 30 minutes of this film, he is yep. huge. He yells. He falls on the table when he falls on the table. I'm like, that's literally straight out of down by the river. Like that's literally that skit. Yeah. Just plunked and put into the film. And so being able he to literally him, is
2: like yelling at children on a body of water. That's, like, the same, same fucking is. shit.
0: It is the same fucking shit. And, it, like, to be able to watch him do that in a movie, because, like, you got, like, it's... The, another thing that, I, like, this ties into the thing I really wanted to talk about is, like, we're never going to get this kind of movie in the theaters ever again feasibly. Like, no, absolutely not. Like, shit like not. this is going to remain online and, like, direct to streaming for the foreseeable future because nobody's going to put... million up for a fucking comedy, even though I would say it's kind of a safe bet, but I understand why they're not going to do it because it's not a tentpole film. It's not going to return, you know, tenfold what it what it really was put up for so uh but yeah, he's like I, doing yeah. a lot of cool stuff in this movie like he's like actually doing some acting like toward the end of the film and like when uh the girl who because we're not gonna say her full name because i can't fucking remember it but the girl uh and <laughs> i'm just adam just mouthed
1: she, i don't know it
2: either <laughs> i don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> whatever that whatever or, the whatever character's name is melissa i, thought it was I remember Jeanine that or michelle Garofalo, I mean. for
2: like half a second yeah
0: <laughs> well, this is my mom's name um but she's running. She's running up, and like he's actually like glad to see her, and he's actually like doing stuff. And it goes to think like the the real tragedy of him is like we really didn't get to see what he was able to do. We like got to see like literally the top of the iceberg.
1: Yeah, I think that's the big thing that like was weighing so heavily on my mind watching this. Is that it came out like it's still like a decent amount of time between because he died in ninety seven, December ninety seven. Um, and it's like this and Black Sheep and Beverly Hills Ninja are kind of like the uh, the last words on his uh, Chris Farley's acting career. His final credit is uh, an uncredited uh, cameo in the Norm MacDonald movie Dirty Work from 98. So that was a posthumous yep. release. And that might actually be good fodder for this show. I should put that on. List, but uh, it's
0: not a good movie. I've seen it, i watched it with my dad. Not a good movie, but <laughs> I think that mo- uh, continue.
1: <laughs> but uh, that's the thing that so um, was so pressing was watching this movie, and he gets um, lumped. And I it's it, it's so uh, interesting and crazy the kind of like parallels between Chris Farley's career and his uh, hero who was Jim Belushi, and like Belushi was kind of the guy that. John Belushi, John Belushi, my thinking. friend Jim Belushi. No, he was a big Jim Jim Belushi's head. doing according
0: to Jim. <laughs> he <laughs> Jim loved Belushi.
1: according to Jim. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he was such a huge John Belushi fan, and they died under similar circumstances at basically the exact same age. Uh, Farley in the John Hancock Tower. Uh, I would not recommend looking up photos of his uh, of that crime scene if you're trying to have a good time. Uh, it's pretty rough
0: you looked those up here's the thing
1: buddy uh i had seen those photos before this uh years ago because on another podcast i listened to at the time they mentioned them and i uh was curious and they have never left my mind i am a freak yeah Um, adam's right you're a fucking but that's the thing is you read about and you read it specifically about like the kind i was doing read about this movie and i was reading specifically about like kind of the last Months or years of Chris Farley, and he was. It was a thing where he was very clearly in um, a lot of. Uh, not to bring the the podcast down too much, but he was clearly very clearly a guy who was, had a lot of uh, kind of internal struggles that he just couldn't reconcile, and he was sure. Uh, and the thing that's so uh, I was reading, and I saw this quote about Chris Rock where he was talking about the. Uh, iconic Chippendale sketch, which I feel is, like, one of those sketches that when, you know, you're like me and you're a kid and you are wa- you can't watch SNL because it's on too late and your parents more or less won't let you, and you're just kind of getting SNL stuff through, like, VH1's I Love the 90s or whatever, you see this Chippendale yeah. sketch as, like, kind of the SNL sketch, and that's how you know Chris Farley. And the thing about that sketch is that so much of it is on the expense of... Uh, Chris Farley, him, and, like, his, just sort of, his, his physical, he's such a very, he's such a strong physical performer. Um, oh, amazing. Amazing. Like, the, the reason why the, the, uh, the Van Down by the River sketch is so good, it's my, the thing that I think about all the time is how he's always adjusting his pants and moving and yeah. just, like, getting down, like, right there. Um, And he's a guy that brought a lot of joy to people, but he wasn't a guy that was able to find the joy in his life to, like, make him feel, like, Happy or 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 fulfilled, and it, it you know his his vices led to his his depression, fed his vices, which eventually um, caused him to uh, die at a very young age, and it's very sad. And that was kind of
0: I don't really have a point with this other than. I, I think you're absolutely yeah, right. That seems to be a common theme with you is you love to bring up that. And then you go, Oh, I guess yeah, we'll just move on. <laughs> you love doing that. Well,
2: I don't know. I, I think it had a lot to do with how I experienced the movie. Cause like that kind of is the plot of Tommy boy, you know, like he's sure he's it, it, like the entire performance is him, like seeking this external validation for being himself yeah. basically. And like, I don't know, like like anytime, anytime I watch these scenes, it's like I feel like I can kind of see through the performance a little bit and see like this person who just really, really wants to make people laugh and really, really wants to like bring joy to people, like you're saying, and like you know, I think that's part of why he plays the character so effectively. Like, I mean, Noah, you kind of said it a little bit, like he he kind of brings it in parts of this. Like, he does. I think that, <laughs> you know? like, yeah. For I real, I <laughs> really feel
1: like this is such a you yeah. know this this performance is just kind of wrapped up with my idea of Chris Farley. like just I think with culture's idea of Chris Farley also like you kind of can't separate yeah. the two um which is yeah, also I think like I think you're right that it, that's a great point that you bring up because I had the same thing which is like so much of this movie so much of the comedy in this movie it just kind of feels like they put the camera they got it set up and they're like all right Chris do your thing
0: just do what you're gonna do. Yep. Adam, what, besides the fact that you were like looking through the performance to see like, oh, like this is the man himself, what else stood out to you on this watch in the year of our Lord, 2020, 25 years after the initial release?
2: Well, yeah, having very little previous experience with this movie, I think a few things stood out to me. One, like we were saying, you know, Chris Farley, pretty good in this movie, (laughs) definitely carries it. Like. I mean, not, I don't think that's going to be a surprise to anybody because, like, he's, you know, like, he's he's he is such a, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, not like dominating, but like he's such like a he takes the spotlight in such a strong way that like it would be it wouldn't be very smart to not lean into that. Um, 100%. Yeah, David Spade. Is dog shit. (laughs) Um, Yes.
0: Yes. Yes, he is.
2: One of the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. It's pretty
0: it's (laughs) it's pretty all it is pretty awful. Um It is so bad. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was watching this movie and every single time he opens his mouth, I was like, shut the fuck up, bro. Just shut the fuck up and let Chris Farley talk. It's so bad. He's not gotten
1: better. A mean, angry person. Um, Yeah, and and like, like a quietly, like a guy that's like quietly filled with rage, and it's just, I, it, it's so, uh, it's, I hate seeing him
0: be so mean to Chris Farley. I hate that. I hate seeing that.
2: And that sucks.
0: (laughs) That is effective. That is effective. I guess. But can you imagine? And I guess this might be a little cynical on my end, but indulge me for a sec. Can you imagine if Chris had stayed alive and how many farley and spade movies we would have gotten because of this because of their dynamic in this and how dog shit david spade would have had to have been for so long to just like drag on chris farley's coattails but besides the i'm so glad you brought that up besides the dog shit performance from david spade and chris farley's dominating you know you know presence what else stood out to you on this as far as like I don't know, like the types of jokes that are being told. Just like what what caught your eye?
2: I I think it was, um, I, I yeah I, I think that uh, a lot of the performance, exactly like you're saying, is you know David Spade kind of like bouncing these like <laughs> like D tier fat jokes off of Chris Farley. <laughs> yeah, and it's like. I don't like uh I I think it's really funny to like watch a Rob Lowe movie from the 90s too because like, like I I kind of looked into this a little bit cuz I was curious about it and like Saturday Night Live fully like rescued Rob Lowe's career. Um they gave oh, him wow. so many chances to like do shit after the whole like the the sex tape thing. Sure. Um and like he hosts SNL in 1990 which is like two two uh two years after that happens. So like they let him host, and then he's in like every single SNL movie. He's in he's in Wayne's World, which yeah, you know, yeah. Like uh, he 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 turns up in Austin Powers afterwards. Yeah, uh, yeah. he they like fully, and then in like 1998 1999, that's when um Sam, he gets Sam Seaborn, and you know Lowe's back. Lowe's, he's Lowe's he's back, mature. Baby. He's yeah. He well he goes from like this like you know like brat pack, uh, playboy guy. Like, kind of magically. And, like, it's just amazing how, like, I just had never thought of it, like, you know, that way before. How, like, the NBC Corporation has given Rob Lowe so many chances to, like, do shit. And I was just kind of like, this is really, like, this guy did a horrible thing. And, you know, we're just... We're talking about all these like horrible dark things here and I'm sorry about that. But I don't like, know, but that's, I think I just can't believe I it. Think,
1: I think that it's, it's you know, <laughs> SNL as an institution is so interesting because as for as yeah. many careers as it's created, and there's a lot of essence, like Dan Aykroyd shows up in this, you feel kind of as a favor yeah. for Lorne Michaels who that's like, think like Absolutely, the first yeah. name that you see is a Lorne Michaels production um that's true that's a great point in the 90s i think it was like kind of the last gasp of the great snl of like the snl movie you know <laughs> and then we get it takes like 20 years for them to finally get it right with mcgruber and then they've never tried to do an snl movie yeah
2: um and i think that's kind of a, like a, a common theme for like you know snl in the 90s is like and you can kind of see it in this movie too is like they're just trying to push the wrong shit like you think they think that spade is their star for some reason they think that like you know sandler and sandler was you know huge and still is huge but like just the the you can kind of tell the people that it it, it really tips the hand of like the people in charge the people that they really try and push forward as the you know the main talent behind everything and it's
0: people that you that they want to like create a superstar image around for whatever reason and it's because that like fits the prototypical star image. There's no reason fucking Colin Jones should be hosting Weekend Update. No. Oh my that god. That guy is dog shit. Absolutely not. I,
1: <sighs> Michael Shea I'm also not awful. wild about, but at least like it makes sense why he gets I think that he's job. better marginally. He weekend is, Update is yeah. awful now. Awful. And that's always like I, I mean my like kind of comfort TV or my comfort YouTube, you know, people uh, you go and use like oh we're like watching baking videos or oh I love watching uh crafts or people be crafty or whatever my comfort youtube is like norm mcdonald clips and siskel and ebert like that's that's what i turn on and it's just Mm -hmm. like how good norm mcdonald they should have just stopped weekend update after norm mcdonald got fired because he made a a crack at the head of nbc's girlfriend or something like that that's the legend um Hmm. but it is uh, god what's your guys just general opinions on saturday night live i guess now that we've like sort of tripped into this this rabbit hole here oh yeah now we're taking at him.
2: um i you know i think that the the thing that people say about it which is that it was always better than it's always worse than you remember it yeah. um i think it's <laughs> definitely true because like I, you know it's and and i don't know i i guess i don't have like any super like hot takes about it um i agree with you on on colin jost um (laughs) you know we need to kill that harvard pipeline like (laughs) yeah that's that's Uh, really
1: what it is man like (laughs) it's uh
2: (laughs) like conan conan did it and he was okay and then that like just let's just kill it now um we don't need it and uh but i mean like i think just like there is always like a few people that I really like on there. I mean, like, I'm sure you guys are Kyle Mooney fans, you know? Like, oh, totally. I'm oh, a yeah. big fan of like, I like, I love what like Bone Yang is doing on there right now. Like, you know, there's like, there's always like one or two people that are like awesome on it. Um, well, but, it's
0: interesting because I think a lot yeah. of the times, what the quote that I've heard is that it's always best when you're in high school because that's like while yeah. you're watching. Mm-hmm. So there's always like a like, four to five year period like when you are actually like keeping up with snl for me it was a little bit before and this is a crazy the the episode of snl that i remember the most that i think i've seen the most is when michael phelps hosted snl because we had that saved (laughs) it is crazy because we had that saved on our dvr and i remember that was the first time Bobby Moynihan did the oh there's so much pepper up in here (sighs) and I thought that skit was so funny and you couldn't find it online because it's what 2008 2009 yeah and I just Mm -hmm. love that skit Bobby Moynihan was another person I don't think he's one of the best to ever do it he is straight up
2: shout out to Bobby (laughs) Moynihan
1: man that guy like stuck out on that show for so long and I'm honestly like Good on him, man. Like, I, I, I love Bobby Moynihan. He was – whenever I would catch an episode, he was one of
0: my favorite guys to watch. Um, but I think it's one of those things that you're talking about, Adam, where I think it's like they don't really know how to use – they didn't know how to use Bobby Moynihan super well, I feel yeah. like. I feel like they did sometimes, and it's the same thing with Kyle Mooney. They really don't know how to use they Kyle really and Beck. Yeah. They like cut all well, their yeah. shit. And they put it at the end, or they put it online. And it's, and it's always the most cool.
1: interesting stuff, too. Or it's um, absolutely man. Uh, I think you're right. I think that that's the thing. Is like they have such a, I think Lauren to his credit, has such a good eye for talent. But I also think that once you're in that meat grinder, um, it's hard to make your voice shine through. Like at least in the first one or two seasons that yeah. you're on. Well, there's um, always
2: like there's always like one or two like of these kind of like you know um like white bread second city guys who like shows up and i think you could probably figure out who those guys are on there right now without me saying any other things but like <laughs> you know there's like there's enough of those guys in the room where like you know i i don't know i i'm not gonna pretend like i know anything about that but like it just seems to me like you know you are just they just outnumber the interesting people with kind of boring people and that's totally kind of, kind of the issue so, yeah. and you
0: have to also just consider that like most of like who is watching SNL is the people are the white bread folk. Like that's most of the people who are watching the show anyway. Like I don't know anyone really our age who keeps up with the show anyway. So their like main demographic is like mostly like people in and around our parents' age, maybe like with a 10 to 15 year deviation on either side.
1: I got some people that, that do, but that's just because like in Chicago comedy where a lot of my friends are, it's like, Kind of inevitable that if you're good enough and do it for long enough, then you're going to get, like, some... On chance to audition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened to somebody I went to college with fairly recently. Uh, I don't know too much about it, because he's not a, a great friend of mine. He's very funny. Um, but it is, it is one of those things where it's like, oh, this is, like, kind of going to be an inevitable thing for like
0: me and the people I knew when I was in college to get us backtrack, just talking about Tommy boy specifically though yes. I do want yes thank I you do, I, I do want to make a case for it because yeah although this movie probably is like just like maybe like good with a lowercase g for me it has like amazing significance just like in my own life of thinking like oh shit like I had never seen someone perform the way that Chris Farley performed before seeing that movie and it was like eye opening for me to see that and his best of SNL you know DVD or whatever to be like oh there is room for that kind of humor there is room for that kind of personality and that stage presence and seeing him in a feature film a full-length motion picture doing that alongside dog shit actor david spade just like completely rewrote the book for me on like what was possible even at like a young age watching it like on you know abc family or tnt or whatever however we were watching this and uh, I do. And I genuinely do think I'm not even just saying this just to say it. I actually do think the last act of this film comes together very well. And very interestingly, yeah. I love the stuff in the bank when he has like the bomb strapped to him. And he, they think that he has the yeah. gun. I think that stuff is awesome. Like that's just like very funny, good comedy. I, I agree.
1: The Chicago parts of this movie are the best parts of this movie.
0: <laughs> uh Oh, we have a little
1: bit of a bias boy. Mm. We do have a little bias boy. Okay. Um, I will. I definitely agree with you, and I do. I kind of wish that, like, um, watching the movie, I really wish that the um, one. I you're right. I don't think we're ever gonna get a talent kind of like Chris Farley ever again, which is the other thing that's really sad about his passing um, at such a young age. And two, the the way this movie does come together at the end, that was my favorite part. Is like when like not even just the Chicago thing, but like when things start to actually start feeling like there's stakes. Um, and the thing that I wish, I, I wish is that like my kind of number one wish, and if I could like wish the perfect version of time, why into existence, it's that Ray Zelensky is a more, um, present figure in the, in the movie. Cause he kind of shows sure. up about t- two quarter, halfway through. Um, and suddenly is the, the big bad guy that we're supposed to know. And it must be just like, you know, they couldn't get Aykroyd for more than a couple days of work. Um, yeah. and they had to kind of retro retrofit the the rest of the script around it um but also ackroyd's so funny as ray Zielinski. uh that's, yeah. and i th- think that um i i agree with you know just to kind of jump ahead a little bit i th- agree that this is a, a lowercase g movie but i would not wanna i would not recommend that somebody sits down and watch it from start to finish i think that if you like you can
0: clip through and find your favorite funny Whoa. bits. <laughs> <laughs> that's my damn bro. That's fucking crazy. So this are you is this really happening? Are you not recommending the film?
1: I am not recommending the experience of putting it on and watching it from start to finish. <laughs> I, I am not This is
0: literally unprecedented on the show. Wow. This has
1: never happened. I am not not recommending the movie. There's parts of it that I like, there's parts of it that I think are funny, but I just I can't endorse um an hour and thirty minutes of uh david spade of constant David Spade calling Chris Farley fat jokes. I can maybe two of those yeah. as you 're trying to go to bed just to get you into a nice thing
0: that well, is I think I'm that at. that's I think that's the thing that works about the movie is that it's it f- somehow rises above that those do come because that 's like what David Spade was like able to provide the set his service yeah. for the film, but I think that the film rises above that both in the comedy and in the story because at the end of the day this is a story about a guy who basically had been told his entire life that he can't do shit and he had just been like handed stuff mm-hmm. and he's like a very good-hearted man like that's obvious from the very first scene that we see him he's very good-hearted he cares a lot about people but he can't seem to figure it out and the scene in the restaurant where they figure out that he's good at selling stuff when he's able to get them. That's to turn a great the scene. Back on yeah, yeah, yeah. Wings. That's just an awesome scene where he really does, and you can see him make the decision in his head. Oh shit, I am good at this. What is What did you think of that scene, Adam? What, what, what was that to you in the movie? Is that like a turning point for you at all?
2: I think so. Um, yeah, I, I, I think you kind of said it. You know, he, um, like, yeah, he, Chris Farley, really like. I mean, it's just amazing. I, I didn't really expect him to just like have the ability to like play the part emotionally as well as he did. I mean, sure. like, you know, and maybe that's just cause and you know, no one gave him a chance really before this and, and obviously didn't get really a chance after to show that, but like, yeah, like he, you know, he, he had uh he had some dramatic heft to him and, uh, and he definitely is like this on-screen presence that you just like, you want to see him win, like regardless of what the story is, you want him. And that's why I think the, I, I think there is some, there's some logic behind the, the pairing of him and Spade, because Spade is like such the opposite of that where (laughs) like you just hate watching him. And like maybe on some like artistic level, that was probably not intentional. It works in that way where like, you know we're watching like i just remembered this while y'all were talking like like we watched david spade like jerk off to like this woman yeah he was, like stripping it, it yep was, it's disgusting <laughs> it's a horrible scene It's an awful yep. scene it is it's, uh
0: it might the worst be part of, one of the of movie the worst yeah. scenes in the whole movie
2: <laughs> just horrifying like uh yeah I, I i didn't want to see that i never want to see it again <laughs> and uh, that might be the thing that keeps me from recommending this movie in the way that Mason has fully, you know, whole bodiedly uh, stood behind this movie. So, my thinking <laughs> though is one other thing that I think is really interesting about it is I think that um, I don't think I, I, I just can't remember like the last like working class comedy I saw. Sure. And I think Tommy Boy like it's not necessarily about a working class person but like it just has this like sensibility of like working class ethics or at least like the superficial totally. version of that that you know America sells to its working class but he's like He's a salesman you know, though
1: in this movie is the thing. Like he just and Yeah, up yeah he's not a like, salesman. And the boss and he's like a right. good boss but it's still like Right. I don't know.
2: It's it's like it has, I mean, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. But like, it's, it, I just like the, um, I don't know. I, I think that it, it has this like strong mess, this message of like, you know, the, uh, the towns are important. Like, it, like, yeah, you could yeah, really yeah, see yeah. this, like, p- it it reminds, it kind of like reminded me of like, and I, I would maybe put it a tier above this, but like, it reminds me of like a political stump speech a little bit in some places. Cause <laughs> sure. it's just like you know like oh yeah we have to we have to save this family company because that's you know that's important and um but i don't know i i think that like i just the the when i see movies like that i just don't think that you see them even try like these corn sort of like middle brow low brow comedies don't even try and tackle that stuff anymore. no there's sure. not really, even attempts. i'll agree. Like, I agree why with not that, yeah you know um, like like why don't they do that feels like they should 100%. 100%. 100%. Well, because
1: for the most part, those kind of towns don't exist anymore. Uh, so it's also true. Yes. I'm, uh, I, you know, what you, it's, it's it, the kind of closest thing is like just the first thing that came to my mind is like, I don't know, like a high maintenance. Like high maintenance is a, is a very working class and kind of, yeah, uh, like kind of uh, also a salesman, but a weed dealer, you know, but that's. A TV show oh, that was based.
0: Now you're speaking my language, <laughs> yeah, brother. Yeah, um... Thank you. <laughs> um,
1: but I think you're right. I, there is like, there is a. Um, I, I also love this. This is a. I love the Midwest, like kind the love for the Midwest. That this. Um, because you totally. guys are both PNW boys. I'm a Midwest boy. Oh, yes. Um, they're, they drive through, you know, they start in Sandusky, Ohio, and then they go across. They go to Davenport, Iowa, and then they shoot up over into... One of my favorite things in this movie is that they can get, like, from uh, Wisconsin to, like, Kalamazoo and Detroit in the span of an afternoon, I guess. Which, <laughs> yeah. as far as I know, doesn't really make too much sense but i could just have like the thing wrong and there is like in like a
2: broken car yeah exactly (laughs) i do love is so fucking
1: crazy (laughs) that is such a good that i like that like comedy escalation of just the, the 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 steady um destruction of that car i think one of my favorite just bits in the movie is when the deer destroys the car (laughs) yeah. <laughs> uh, I love I love car mayhem in general. I think my second favorite bit is when the lid pops up and they're swerving in and out of, of traffic. That's a pretty good and thing. And what
0: song are they
1: singing? They're is that singing when
0: they're singing "Superstar"? Superstar? There's
1: some good the car, karaoke yeah. moments in this movie.
0: Um, I think that's one of the best bits in the entire film. That you like. That is such a like. It's like not like a reinventing the wheel type comedy bit. Like it's like this the clearly quote unquote girly song comes on, and these two guys are in the car, and one of them goes. Oh well, yeah, if you want to keep it on, I will. And the other one's like, I don't care. This uh, this song's okay, you know? And then cut to like 30 seconds later and they're both belting the chorus, which regardless of what you think, you have to admit that that chorus to that song is fucking awesome.
1: Oh, dude, listen, I've done that song at karaoke. And as much as you try to restrain yourself when you're doing it, when that chorus comes, you have to put it all on the table uh literally when I yes, say chef. on the table because I got on my knees and crawled on a table when that chorus came Um uh, <laughs> Mason yeah do you recommend this film I stand by what I said before man I mean I can't recommend I, I think there's also a thing with this movie where it's not I like I admire and I respect and I agree with what everything you guys are saying I think Chris the reason to watch this movie is Chris Farley I think that there is such a And it could have been solved with a better director. This is Peter Segal, Segal, I don't know, kind of a work-for-hire comedy guy in the 90s, directed my least favorite Naked Gun movie, the one that has a uh, transphobic punchline at the end of it, Um, directed the Get Smart movie with Steve Carell, just kind of a, Mm. uh, not disrespecting the hustle, a guy that you hire just to kind of shoot a script and is probably good to work with, like, big-name actors. But there is, like, a kind of, I think, a meanness to this movie that's putting me at odds from re-watch- wanting to really engage and rewatch all of it. But I will definitely come back and, I think, watch, like, the superstar clip or other stuff. Because when the movie finds that, like, sweet spot... Um, it's it's pretty undeniable and that's why i think it's a classic and that's why i think it's endured for so long is there is the sweetness to it along around the rest of just like the kind of bittiness of it again i don't think i can recommend sitting down and watching the whole hour and 30 but please just just youtube clips that's about my recommendation a light as a, a
0: light don't recommend
2: throated endorsement for this film Good
0: for you guys Good for you guys Yes Yep And I'm gonna I'm gonna fully recommend it as well I think it's a classic I love it I love Chris Farley But we have another Fucking thing to talk about On We this spent podcast. so much time
1: Talking uh, about this movie And we moved this To the front So that this wouldn't happen
0: <laughs> Well folks If you like If you like Tommy Boy You're really gonna like This next thing That we have to talk about um, This is Andrew WK's I Get Wet The 2001 yeah, album That our guest Has so loved lovingly brought to I do want to say excuse me I'm sorry I have to say one more thing R.I.P. Brian Dennehy who played big time oh big time R.I.P. Brian Dennehy I can't
1: believe that we let that pass
0: big time R.I.P. yeah oh the the fucking go I just wanted to bring that up real quick he's awesome he's a great actor apparently Maybe kind of a dick according to Andy Richter, but that's also Andy Richter talking, so who gives a fuck? Um, but, so, actually, uh, I did, Brian, Brian Dennehy
1: came to do a talk back at a community theater when I was, like, a teen.
2: Oh, wow. So, okay. I got to
1: see Brian Dennehy in person. He's just a guy that is, like, uh, you kind of can't bother him just because he's been around. It's, like, he's a consummate professional, and you just kind of can't bother him. That's kind of the energy that he puts off. He's, like, a very unbothered, is not down for fun energy. Uh, but, uh, like, if the role requires it of him, I think. Like, he and Chris Farley do have a really great chemistry in this movie.
0: And uh it, they just – you can tell un- when those two guys un- love each un- other. Unreal really chemistry sweet. in that. Speaking of the opposite of not wanting to have fun, we have a very fun album <laughs> we that do. our guest we has uh, brought to the table. Adam, can you, A, give your history with this, and, B, talk about why you wanted to bring it on the show?
2: Yeah. So – um I, unlike Tommy Boy, have a pretty extensive history with Andrew WK. Um, Hell yeah. So when I was a little kid, um, the only thing that I ever wanted to do in my life was play Madden. Um, (laughs) And yeah, I spent like hours upon hours playing like just like Madden video games on my computer all the time. Um, but I only had like an old version of it for several years. And I think this party hard was on the first was, was on the second version of the game I ever got, which I think was 2003. I think you're right. And yeah. And like, it was like the first song that, that comes on when you like turn the game on and like fucking Michael Vick is there in the menu, like throwing a football and (laughs) throwing a dog. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, it's throwing a football like just punting this little little uh, toy puff <laughs> thing. Uh Oh god. <laughs> the punt pass kick competition as as it's called, um, <laughs>
0: oh, featuring michael vick's dogs that were in oh, the boy. dog fighting scandal yikes this is a dark episode <laughs> oh, you really this
2: is really you're oh,
0: boy keep going keep
2: yeah, going <laughs> between this and you know us shit talking snl i think we've talked ourselves out of a job here yeah i so think that, that, that sucks our, oh well our li- options are
1: severely limited at this
2: point <laughs> oh too bad but yeah i i um i mean you know like hearing that song and like playing Madden on Christmas morning is probably a dragon I'll chase for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> Cause it's such a, you know, God, it's like, it's just like snorting, like pixie sticks and, <laughs> you know, losing your mind. Um, I kind of forgot about Andrew WK for a while. And then I got back into him into call de- in college when I was like too much of a square to like do Adderall or, you know, other things that helped me concentrate and I have really bad focus issues, like really sure. really bad that just have never been treated in my life. And I'm mm-hmm. currently working on that. So we'll see. But, um, I found that that album was like one of the only things that like, you know, like, like there's, there's this, um, you know, there's this tendency that has been sort of examined scientifically of like people listening to heavy metal to relax and or like mentally, focus on something because even though it's such like a busy and like maybe not busy but like it's such like a loud and intense thing um you, you know it's it's kind of like white noise where it just kind of like goes right. in and yeah like yeah, yeah, settles yeah itself and so like i i think that andrew wk was kind of like that and then i'd like listen to the whole record kind of by itself and just like you know I mean, it's it's like injecting serotonin right into your temple, man. It's like, yeah, dude, <laughs> it's it's such a joyful thing. It's so fun. And then um, I don't know how much you guys research this record at all, um, but there's some really interesting stuff that I won't get into right now, but we'll get into it eventually. And I'll just leave it at that for now. Wow! I didn't do any teasing I want to hear what you guys us said. a little bit. Yeah, okay. little tease. I All didn't right. do any research. We'll get there. Just,
1: I, so I'm okay. so excited to hear whatever you whatever you've unearthed here. That sounds yes. that sounds so fun to me. Noah, do you yeah. have
0: any experience with stuff. Andrew uh, WK? Yeah, a little bit. He. This song is one of those that you like. I I don't know. I saw it on one of those like countdown shows where it's like the top 100 songs of the 2000s or something like that, or like the top like whatever. It was like one of those like VH1 or like MTV countdown shows. And I had never heard of it before, but I had heard of him because he used to host a show on Cartoon Network. That's right. What is it? I have it in my notes. It's called Destroy, Destroy, Build, Build, Destroy. Destroy. And I was like, why is this guy hosting this show like this doesn't make any fucking sense and i was like oh i've heard of him before he's the guy who had that one hit song like that's like in my mind who this guy was and it was one of those where i'm like well if it's such a hit song why have i just like never heard of it before this it was like one of those things where i'm like i'm really confused how this guy is like popular and like in the like zeitgeist and in the mainstream at all so that's really the only uh history that i have with it mace what about you I think it's the same thing, man. I mean, like, my, uh,
1: this, uh, a buddy of mine who, uh, was in the radio club in high school had a little radio show sometimes, and he was really into Andrew W.K., and I, and, but I could only get in as far as Party Hard. Like, I found that song, and I was like, this is gonna be it. And so I listened to that song a lot if I ever needed, like you said, the boost of serotonin, because it is like, I don't think I ever listened to this full album just because I would hear, listen to the first two tracks and like kind of tap out at party hard and then just put that on repeat. But it is just like, this is just kind of undeniable, like good ruckus um, mayhem, fun time causing energy. Uh, that is, uh, I love that thing that you said about heavy metal um, being basically white noise because I've tried time and time again to like really, like get into heavy metal or like the various subsets of metal or whatever. And you got to be careful because there's a lot of bands that are awfully racist um, when you get into that thing. But that's that's it's so nice to have that sort of validated by science because I find more than any other like kind of music that you would put on, you know, like a jazz or something that just the fact that it all more or less sounds the same, um, it's very comforting. It does help me relax. Um, so that's just, that's just my experience with Andrew WK and, uh, heavy metal in general. And I just really, so Adam, please. Yes. What's your wisdom on the creation of this album?
2: Y'all are about to go on a journey. Yes. Um, Oh, I'm I'm strapping myself in right now. Yeah. Why? So, um, uh, okay. So I'm going to start at the, the, the timeline of pre album. So, um, I did a little bit of looking into like the pre existing the life before this album. This is like his first like big, um, you know, major label thing. Right. Uh, Right. He was this, you know, he, he gets on the map with this record kind of falls right off of it, as you said, and there is a reason for that. So he opened, I, I, my understanding is he, uh, he opened for Foo Fighters in 2000. Um, so this is about a year before I get wet comes out um and uh Dave Grohl is like hey this guy's great and he was like he was playing he's he's from Michigan so he he was like playing in like uh I think he was he was playing in like this kind of like these like experimental metal bands as like a drummer um Mm. he's also a classically trained pianist which you can like kind of hear in some parts yeah yeah there's like that really heavy like piano stuff um and like it's interesting music i get what's interesting musically because to me it sounds a lot like uh classical music like in the way in terms oh. of like the way it's like actually composed uh in terms of the i the i think the third song i i'm losing the name of it right now but there's like a bunch of these like guitar lines that are like is it girls doo, own love do, that song that's of? the one yes yeah it's like do 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 da 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 it's like very like like almost like maybe not like orchestral but it's got like these kinds of these this classical character to it um that
0: it's kind of like a very classical structure like a skeleton of classical yeah mm-hmm.
2: it's like a, it's like a really heavily simple simplified version of that and um so there's there's really strong there's that element to it which i think is really interesting and and kind of gets glossed over in the you know the uh the the enormity of the of the persona and all that stuff and uh so the album comes out in november thir- i think november 13th 2001 okay so yep. this is obviously very close to 9/11 right after 9/11 yeah. right um 9/11 has had this like massively um you know it, it had the, it had this hu- it had huge amounts of fallout within the world of music um like yeah. you guys probably have heard before of like you know the fcc like banning certain artists from the radio who are like yeah. too aggressive or, yeah. yeah 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 uh you know you know like so and and when you look at like what music was popular at the time that's a lot of stuff like yeah
0: it's alien ant farm baby. yeah
2: that's right it's alien ant farm <laughs>
0: Like just kind of, Which was your other Fucking decision to, that, was, yeah. that was your other choice to bring on the show, right? It was Alien oh, Ant yes. Farm, right? Yeah. Oh, I that would have rocked. I, I, I would have loved to hear some Alien Ant Farm.
2: They they kinda as I recall it, uh, they also had a song on that Madden soundtrack with Andrew WK. So, you know, Did they works. have
0: another song that wasn't the cover of Smooth Criminal? Uh, no But there was another
2: song.
1: <laughs> they had, I feel as like my. Co- I feel like my cousin that was a couple years older than me and is more or less an older brother to me just because, like, we'd hang out all the time. He was really into Alien and Farm and that kind of music around that time. So I don't have any firsthand knowledge, but I do know that there were, mm. in fact, more Alien and Farm songs besides the Smooth Criminal cover. Not that anybody would particularly care one way or the other, but...
2: Yeah, like, as, as far as, like, are there other songs? Technically, yes. But also, like, when you really <laughs> yes, think about gives it... gives a fuck? I don't know. But, yeah, okay, so... 9-11 happens. Andrew WK's album comes out two months after Andrew WK. Yeah. His father, I believe is a record executive. Um, he was on SNL in February of 2002. If I'm, I might be wrong about the exact date, but it was in, it was shortly after his album came out. Okay. He is everywhere. Very suddenly. Yeah. Um. Now I don't know how closely you guys listen to the lyrics of I get wet. Uh, but there's a lot of like weird cryptic shit, frankly um really yes i did not listen to the lyrics that
1: closely but please illuminate us because now i'm so... so
2: um in that song girl's own love that i was talking about earlier there are many there's there's a oh i'm gonna find i'm gonna find it um but there are like lyrics about that like allude to like illuminati stuff Oh Um, boy! What? (laughs) There's like, are you fucking kidding? Are we just gonna have to scrap this
1: entire podcast? Are we gonna have? (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna have fucking.
0: We're gonna be on some. We're actually gonna be on a list. (laughs) This is all over
2: um no okay no it's the song that's called i love new york city i'm sorry um yeah oh yeah yeah. i love new york
0: city oh boy that's that's
2: exactly and then and then that's the other thing that makes me gives me some pause there's this album that comes out right after 9 11 and it's like suddenly huge out of nowhere and it's got a song that's called i love new york city on it and i'm like hmm i don't know but (laughs) (laughs) that's interesting isn't it yeah (laughs) yes okay so the the verse to i love new york city is uh there's like this little part where he says we are a corporation we are a company we cut high but we're cutting high anyway we are your mother's father we are your fighter friend it never started and it won't end and that's like some straight up like new world shit i don't know it's just weird okay. there's like most of these are like you could just write them off as gibberish they probably are um so Andrew WK goes through 2001, 2002. He's like suddenly everywhere. Everyone's like, Oh yeah, Yeah. this is whatever. And then he tries to release a second album this time. Instead of having a band, it's him playing all the instruments and this album kind of flops. It's really kind of the same, same stuff. So it's like nothing, nothing super different. Um, in right after he releases that album, this person who goes by the name, Steve, Mike, uh, comes out and says that, uh, it's like a Tommy Wiseau character, yeah, Steve Mike. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So Steve Mike claims that Andrew W.K. is not behind his career. And it, it's okay. not, it's exactly, that's the exact words that are used, is he's not behind this. And no one really could say what that means. It could just, it could mean that like somebody's making all of his decisions for him. It couldn't, it could mean any number of things, obviously. Right. Um, and he says that he like, this Steve Mike person did a bunch of work on this album that comes after I get wet and uh, that he owes him a bunch of money and stuff. And then Andrew WK releases this press release that says this person is not, is trying to discredit me. Steve Mike is a name I used to use to make music and they're just trying to make me look bad. And I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very bizarre. Okay. Um, okay. it's like it's a little twisty here. I yeah, and it gets twistier. Um, so okay, uh, <laughs> okay, let's so, grow it. Let's get into um,
0: it. Twist, twist us up. Adam. So,
2: uh, on, so we are. So then you get to uh, after the Steve Mike stuff, and he's like kind of freaking out publicly over the Steve Mike stuff, and and this person is continuing to publish things, and this is like 2004 internet. So they're like posting like fucking geocities sites that are like <laughs> this long thing about like how Andrew WK is a fraud and like not behind his own and like I am the person Damn, who wrote I love all those. the songs I love and it. did all this stuff and then um, there was a show I think in 2005 at a college or something where the audience came out and Andrew WK comes out to play and people say that's not Andrew WK like they think that a different person gets up on stage oh, okay, and oh, plays okay. the show for them as Andrew WK. Okay. And, like, really there's no up. photos from the show. <laughs> there's no like hard evidence. So this is like Paul but is dead, but real. Basically, This is exactly like Paul is dead, but potentially real. Wow. Okay. So like there is a conspiracy out there and you, and you can, there's, there's a very, there are like hundreds of pages of literature on this like website that you could find out there that, Goes into depth about how like Andrew WK was replaced with another performer in two thousand five, <laughs> and so like whoa the the destroy build destroy Andrew WK is literally a different person. <laughs> so look
1: oh man, God. I'm not. going I don't know s- how true
2: any of that is. I don't but- know,
1: but just I I'm no expert on this, so anyone listening take this with a grain of salt. The Andrew WK on the album cover for Ready to Die, and I assume that that's the real Andrew WK, not a model. Right. Looks. Different enough from later Andrew WK's and the build, destroy, build, destroy Andrew WK that it, that this yeah. makes a little bit of sense. This makes See, sense that's to the,
2: me. That's the kind of thing that like you look at it and you go like, he's got kind of like a lazy eye now. And he like, he just, obviously he's like age. Like the kind so, like, of structure of his face is different too yeah.
1: a little bit. It's, and it's, it's like,
2: like not totally out of the question. And it's also like, like this so isn't
1: weird. like, this is not so deep a conspiracy that requires a, a, a Awful lot of people to keep up with, you know. It, this is it just, and that's what also makes it weird and plausible. I think I had actually heard about this too. Okay,
2: um, are you
1: Steve? My I am Mason? Steve. Are wow, you, are you the one interesting. All this?
2: Hey you everybody, know, you do hey look everybody, like...
1: it's me. Um, but that's that's wild, dude. I mean, and you would, yeah, and it's, it's crazy. It's crazy that it's like the thing with the Paul is dead that I think is so funny is it's like you're not funny that is. Such a fun conspiracy theory is it's like you're talking about the biggest band in the world that has, right. yeah. um, that has swapped out a guy and paid for reconstructive surgery for continuity's sake, um, because apparently when Paul McCartney died, they didn't realize the romance, you know, quote unquote of, a, of a somebody dying before their time. The 60s hadn't actually happened by the time Paul McCartney was supposed to die. Um, but the thing with this is, it's not like even Andrew WK died. It's just, they swapped out a guy and gave him the name, like, as far as yeah. like, that's what, and it's such well, a,
2: that's, that's the conception. And I think there, I think just like any conspiracy theory, there's probably like nuggets of truth to it. Definitely. Um, sure. because I definitely feel like the fact that this album was released two months after nine 11, when, the FCC was like afraid to put like the beastie boys on the radio. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it's like, there's like this massive and he's getting like, you know, it was, it's kind of like, it kind of feels like when Lana Del Rey was on SNL, you know, like, do you remember that? Like, um, when she like, yeah, run us us through through that. Well, I I, base, basically the summation of it is like a lot of people when Lana Del Rey was on SNL, she was, people were like, who is this? Like, why is she on SNL? she you know like no one knew who she was oh it was basically right, sure. like that was that performance and now she's, obviously she's built her own career in a right, very yeah. lengthy span of time but like when when they first booked her on there it was kind of like you know who is this and like why are we why are why are we watching this and i i don't know i obviously wasn't there for or i was not old enough to remember andrew wk and snl but like looking back on it i'm like just it just seems weird to me like that this person comes from like pretty much out of nowhere and is like, I mean, l- literally everywhere. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's like, it was, it feels like, it feels like an industry plant. Like, you know, and, and I don't necessarily like feel, I still enjoy the music a lot. Like I, I think it adds a yeah. lot of intrigue to the music. Cause like he, he really leans into this. Like even today, um, he, I wrote a review about his latest album for merry-go-round like two years ago. And he, mm. he, he retweeted it. And I got like super excited because I was like, Oh yes, I'm a huge fan. You know, he's, he's, yeah. he's showing. A break, yeah, dude, but, that's like, cool. He, ret- he, but he, he retreats like everything about him. Like yeah. he fully, someone like this guy um, at stereo gum named Michael Nelson wrote this really great piece about it a couple of years ago, right after that album came out. And um, he like was fully like, he would retreat it. Like, three times a day like he he wants people wow. to he definitely there's a part of him that i think he likes to play with the persona um whether that's like a response to like these at this this kind of weird stuff that happened or whether it was like deliberate for this weird stuff to have happened it's like it's hard to say that's but the
1: thing that's what makes it like it's really interesting <laughs> it is really interesting um yeah. and also not to say that this is one of those things where it's like this is the only Andrew W.K. music I've heard. This is probably also going to be, speaking completely honestly, the only Andrew W.K. music sure. I will listen to. Uh, Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, Dang. I, I, maybe you'll convince me later. Maybe I will get deep into the conspiracy, and I'll be looking for, you know, as Robert Palmer said, looking for clues. Um, little, little, th- Looking for the tree of clues, the 100 Gex tree oh, of clues. Looking for the tree of clues. But I, it, it, this conspiracy is so... Um, it's 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 so interesting because it's, like, fun party music. And it is exactly the kind of, like, music that the kind of, like, culture warriors in the 90s, like, thought that there would be, like, secret messages in, you know? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, and, like, and I think that's, you know, the kind of the fun of it, too, is, like, this guy is an absolute one-hit wonder, even though he's still making music. 100%. Yeah. Has, like, a niche, like, presence in the music world, you know, fully, like, fell off the map after this, after I get wet. Um,
1: I mean, he did really get like the spirit of a party down. Like,
2: Yeah.
0: Really. Like, just, just right on the right, like bullseye with yep. what a party yeah. feels. Every like. single song is a party, regardless yeah. if it's about nine 11, <laughs> post nine 11, New York, like every single song feels like a party. Yeah. And I had yeah. no fucking idea listening to, I love New York city that that was even there. Because to be honest with you, I couldn't fucking tell you what it was about except for I love New York City yeah exactly who fucking cares except for yeah New York City's cool I've been there with my family (laughs) on vacation one time you know it's fucking crazy like oh my god like so thank you for bringing that to our attention like I literally (laughs) had no idea no this is awesome I I love it
2: just there's a lot of... I think I just yeah. found
0: what I'm doing this evening. Like, There's, holy I'll, shit. I
2: will send, I'll send you guys as many links as I can dig up. Uh, Please do, dude. This them, is,
1: like,
0: I, I love articles,
2: so and
1: fun. I love
0: a mystery. Like, this is going to be...
1: <laughs> I've been starving for a good mystery, my man. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, like, honestly, if this had happened, like, in the era of, like, the true crime podcast, I mean... This could have easily been, like, the same thing as, like, the Richard Simmons deal or whatever else. Like,
0: Well, who's to say, like, I think that we just may have found our next pitch to oh uh, iHeartMedia. <laughs> you know, yes. Forget the guy who did the Richard Simmons thing to do the Andrew WK1. At the end of the day, we found out Andrew's fine. <laughs> that's, that's what you said.
2: Yeah, he was just, you know, a little burnt out on fame and everything's fine. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs>
0: Did so do you heard you heard the you heard the Richard Simmons one then all the I've way actually right never around. listened to it. I, I haven't I'm just either. familiar with the conceit of it. <laughs> oh, but you
2: know, yeah, you
0: know. You got it then. I mean, you got it. I mean, I'm sorry, folks. Spoiler alert for the Richard Simmons True Crime podcast. <laughs> he's doing fine, <laughs> he's apparently. Just fine. He's doing I listened to the whole thing on one flight from uh Oregon to California and I was like, yep, oh, he's doing that's fine. That's how long it took. Um, I don't think that's a long that's not really a long flight long either. Yeah, it's like two and a half hour, a flight. hour flight. I think that each episode's like 40-ish minutes long, but regardless of who Andrew WK is, or yes. who Andrew WK might not be, I think the best pull quote that I found for what his music is, and now what you've said about the New York City song, may, give, might give this quote a whole new meaning, but song, I do not have her name in front of me, but a woman wrote on All Music that it is hedonistic, so dumb it's smart rock. Yeah, dude. And I think uh-huh. that that is the Perfect encapsulation, knowing what we know now about you know when this music was released. Yeah. Um, but it really does feel. I literally was listening <laughs> to this album. I did what Mason pretends to do, and I listened to the album twice. Yeah, um, I only did this album. And- I only listened
1: to this album once. So you're 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 correct on this one. Every other album I've listened to Ooh. twice on this show. I want to get
0: that on the on the freaking okay, list we'll here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll
0: see. We'll see if it's we'll see if it makes the list. Um, but it it is. It's one of those albums that. It's 35 minutes long. You put it on. You literally... If you have to go on a long drive, you're going to be happy by the time you get to your destination because it's just fun fucking music. And I didn't really have a whole lot to say about it other than, like, the fact that, like, if you don't like the way that one of these songs sounds sorry because that's the entire <laughs> rest of the album Straight up, dude. like yep. you probably are not going to enjoy the album. it's a little bit like the spanish love songs album that we talked about but i do think that yeah. one has a little bit more variety a little bit more yeah, like dynamicism yeah, yeah. as far as like what the sound is this one literally is like if you don't like that like three chord change on the keyboard and you don't like that you know just the insanity of the kick of the bass drum you're you probably want to go find a different album. Here's
1: what I will say. I don't know,
0: dude. I had fun.
1: If you don't like having a what? good time, you won't like this album. That's all I yeah. gotta say. And if you're a fucking like, nerd. You'll wow. hate this shit.
2: So yeah, don't even bother. <laughs>
1: don't 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 think it like this is truly one of those albums where it's like you know, people like uh, I can't help overthinking things a lot of the times. I think that's pretty evident by uh, me going off on tangents and not having a final destination in mind. But for this, sure. it's yep. just like fuck, man. Put it on have a good time just fucking just just if you need a boost of dopamine of serotonin of all the good chemicals put it on and then you're there you feel good you feel it's 35 minutes of nothing but good good times uh i don't know if you can get that much bang for your freaking buck anywhere um yeah yeah that's 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 it
2: like that's i kind of agree i mean even if I, i you know i enjoy it a lot like but it really at this point it's either I'm listening to it while I'm like on like an elliptical machine or I'm like cleaning my house or something like this is perfect not, to elliptical right. music dude <laughs> yeah it's 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 just like you know you turn it on you just fucking vibe for like 30 minutes and then it's over and that's it <laughs> okay. it's great
0: you vibe <laughs> you you Touch your own taint I don't know why I just <laughs> said that I'm sorry But it says I'm really sorry I really fucked up This episode y'all I'm fucked up But he in According to More proof that Andrew WK Is not a real guy It says here In 1998 When WK moved To New York City he worked as a bubblegum machine salesman, <laughs> yeah. an opera ticket salesman, a fashion photographer, a window decorator at Bergdorf Goodman, which is, like, the most luxurious department store in New York City. Yeah. And in the office of Avant-Garde Fashion Company. I'm going to mess this up. Comdes de Garçons. Garçons. I, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. And that just goes to show that that is a made-up, weird yeah. backstory for an artist that doesn't That's really exist. Maybe it's, yeah. like, the Gorillas, where it's, like, all of those, like, musicians do exist in an animated realm. And it's really just, like, one guy, like, putting together the Gorillas. Yeah, but like, Andrew Man, W.K. is a guy that
1: fell we through another dimension or something. Like, he's actually from <laughs> some mirror and just dimension and found his way into our world. That would make sense to me.
2: Well... If you guys really want to open up your third eye here, I have an idea that occurred to me the other day. Um, Wow. I think that Andrew WK is the child of Andy Kaufman, and I want to explain why I think that
0: so yes, oh, shit. is this is this an exclusive is this, this an, is, is this an exclusive Have this you is some this breaking else?
2: news shit um i i i'm a <laughs> journalist oh, four, and i take oh, my my job very seriously and i want to explain to you how i arrived at this conclusion Come so the, obviously andy kaufman andrew k kaufman yeah etc wow yeah. so the timelines do line up. I did look this up. His birthday, he was, Andrew W.K. was born in 1979, so Andy Kaufman would have been 30 when he was born. He died in 1984, so it all checks out. Um, and my hypothesis is that Andrew W.K. is, in fact, and it's actually Kaufman, but he added the W as a tribute to the Bush family, you know, George W. Bush, etc. Right. Wow. And that's the extent of it, and that's 100% <laughs> fact. So, you know. <laughs>
0: Listen, listen, yeah. One of the movies I want to bring on the pod is Man on the Moon because I do think it's a fantastic film in its own right. But Andy Kaufman dying and turning into Andrew WK and that's a possibility too. That's a (laughs) yes. I'm sorry, in my head that's what you said, but that's not what you said at all. You said that it's his son. Well, hey man, I mean, we're just asking questions. We're not pointing out listen, answers. Listen, just asking questions right. here. That's the answers are think.
1: less important than the answer is less
0: important than the question at the end of the day. Absolutely, that's what everyone uh, <laughs> who believes that COVID nineteen isn't really you know a real thing probably thinks too, uh, <laughs> because you know those those folks are out there. Right. Um, this totally. is a fun album. I recommend this album. <laughs> I, <laughs> I recommend don't know what else to say. About I recommend it. this album. I recommend
1: conspiracies. I recommend. Uh, uh, having a good time. Yeah, this is just a recommend for me too all the way. I'm I'm so happy like I'm so happy that Adam for you for bringing this on the show because you gave us uh such a treat with this sort of wider oh. world around it.
2: I I'm always so excited to share this information with people, so I'm I'm very happy to have done it. And unfortunately, you've given me a platform to peddle about other forms of misinformation. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, if I ever come back, I'm going to come, like, in tow with, like, several new pieces of factual information <laughs> about existing yeah. musicians that are, you know, facts. So, I, I only deal in I things. love it. Please do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Um, speaking of if you ever come back, where can, before, before during the time between when this comes oh, out yes. and the next time you come back, where can the folks find you if they want to find you? And do you have anything that you want to plug right now? I know things are not super happening, but yeah floor is yours
2: um so you can follow me on twitter that's kind of where i live the most at asap crash um i'm on instagram if you want but don't do that uh i won't even give the i shouldn't have said that (laughs) (laughs) it's not even worth your time um there is a video uh to there is a video recording of sunbathe in darkness that uh we took from one of the shows uh, last summer that is available to watch. Uh, you guys can check that out if you want. Um, if, and when the, the fringe festival does come back another year, I'll be participating with the same folks that I participated with for Sunbathe, which is, uh, uh, my friends, Brandon Karsh and Drew Petriello. Uh, we've got a couple of shows that we're working on, so we'll have more stuff in the future. And I might be doing some, uh, some videos soon that you should keep an eye out for that are in the pipeline. Oh, but there we go. Coming out soon.
0: Yes, so, chef. If you want to get in out. touch with the Check show it. in any way, shape or form, the best way to get in touch with us is via email at everybody wants to the number two get on the list at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Instagram, you can follow us on at it's underscore, excuse me, at it's on underscore the list. And if you want to follow us on Twitter at it's on the list pod, you can like us on Facebook it's on the list with Noah and Mason. You can follow my personal accounts at Noah Narger, which is my Twitter and my letterbox if you so desire, and my Instagram at YLG.world, where we're doing some fun stuff. We got some more vids coming out uh, soon. And my own personal Instagram, which is at Noah.Marger, spelled out D-O-T. Mason, where can the folks connect with you? You
1: can find me on my other podcast, The Barn, a podcast about the shield, where we're talking about the shield every week. You can find me on Instagram, excuse me, at Hot Dog Tabicky. You can find me also on Instagram at Good Sky Tonight, where I take pictures of the sky or post pictures of the sky that people sent in to me. Um, that's about it. Not on Twitter or anywhere else. And also don't have much going on. Yeah. Um,
0: my little recommendo this week, though, I do want to say. Uh, the HBO Go or HBO Now, whichever one, I'm not sure. There's some stuff on there you can watch that you don't actually need a subscription there, like for that service. For I know The Sopranos is one of those shows, um, and I've been watching the shit out of The Sopranos as well. Yes, but okay. the really the thing that I want to recommend that actually is worth getting a, at least a free trial for HBO Go or Now, whichever one you would be qualified for uh, the movie Bad Education with Hugh Jackman is exclusively airing on hbo the hbo platforms watched it you know a couple nights ago and as of this recording as of you know whenever we're recording this uh so the government can't you know dox us for anything that we said, <laughs> so they're not giving a date but uh it's my favorite movie of 2020 that i've seen wow so Hell far yeah, i would highly recommend it hugh jackman is unreal allison janey's unreal the guy who directed it's the guy who directed thoroughbreds if you're a fan of that film i haven't seen that movie but It's pretty awesome. You can tell he was listening and watching uh, PTA movies because the score is very much reminiscent of Punch Drunk Love and then at times the Johnny Greenwood section of his career. So that's my little recommendo this week. uh, Otherwise, from what you've heard on the pod, Adam, Cash, thank you so much for being here with us.
2: Thanks, fellas. We
0: will see you all next week if we're allowed to come back, which I don't think we will be. I think this was the final episode of the podcast, but thanks for being here. Uh, Have a
1: good thanks, night. Thanks, everybody. Bye.